Welcome to the Chicago Chi Alpha podcast. We continue our thermostat series, Galatians, A New Way to Live. This week, we hear from the director of Columbia Chi Alpha, Justin Morris. For those of you guys that don't know me, my name is Justin. I have the honor and privilege of being the director at Columbia. We've been uh, talking about over the past uh, week, actually, we started in this new series called Galatians, A New Way to Live. And Brother Luke, Reverend Luke, Pastor Luke, our uh, director at Loyola, he brought the word and opened us up last week at chapter one. And we're going to dive into to chapter two. So I want to encourage you. We're going to have it on the screen, but I'm one of those people. If you have your Bible, mark your Bible and let your Bible mark you. If you have the Bible app, that's cool too. And we're, we're going to dive in here, but I just want to give us a quick refresher if you weren't with us last week that everything that Luke talked about leading up to this point, we see the Apostle Paul who was writ, uh, writing to the, uh, the churches in Galatia, if you remember the map that he had, and pretty much Paul is an apostle. Now, apostle during that time was pretty much, in that time, was a missionary, right? They would go around sending the gospel and spreading the gospel by way of the Holy Spirit because you cannot do anything like what Dorinda said and she went up to pray from somebody without the unction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. You cannot walk in boldness. You cannot do the things that is in the Bible and what God is calling you to do apart from Holy Spirit. But one of the things that Paul is going in to see is that he said, who, after being free, would you ever go back to submitting into slavery again? And Paul was saying is that, hey, you've been set free by the gospel. Who is going around telling you something else that is different from the truth that has set you free? So the gospel of Jesus Christ has freed you, but you're going backward into the law of Moses again. And that's not how you would say, but we'll talk more about the law soon. But the issue is this, is that they were asking themselves, is faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord? And I'm talking about the forgiver of your sins, but also the leader of your life. Because I'll say this real quick, it may make people a little bit upset, is that you can acknowledge Jesus as Savior, but not walk with him as Lord. And the only requirement they were asking is that, man, is the only requirement to receive salvation is that just it or we got to do something with the law as well so this is the issue that people were having especially with Paul and Jesus pretty pretty much put it like this he was just saying it's Christ alone grace alone for the glory of God alone but other people was coming behind and saying man Jesus plus all of these other things and we talked about it last week in many ways that we try to impress God with our works if only I come to thermostat I go to small group, if I get water baptized in a month, maybe if I go to school of the spirit, I'll get saved. By the way, that whole session when it talks about school of the spirit, that is after you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then you start walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that another week. But these Judaizers, they were pretty much those who were strictly obeying the rules, the, the Jewish religion and customs, and even the culture. They were saying it's Jesus plus all these other things. And Pretty much they were saying, hey, you need, in order for you to follow Jesus, you need to be circumcised. Now, you can look that up later. Don't look too much into it, but you can look it up later. But it was pretty much a removal of a body part. And the issue were that, that Paul was telling people about the gospel, as I mentioned, people were putting obstacles in front of Jesus, in front of people really and truly following the true gospel. So now we get into chapter two, which we will focus on today, just chapter two. And we're going to pretty much between now and November 11th, we're going to take a chapter week, break that down. And I pray that it will be a blessing to all of us as we open the word of God. But similar to Paul, as I mentioned that he was apostle of Jesus, now we're getting into some, some rough 
catch this with Peter. Peter was also an apostle of Jesus. Now, it's a little bit different with, with Jesus. Now, we will say, if you're a Christian, you're saying, hey, I walk with Jesus. If Peter was here, say, hey, listen, homie, I walked with Jesus. Now, let me tell you, I walked with him. Like, hey, Paul, I know you got a revelation, but I walked with the revelation in the flesh every day. But the thing that was going on was that he was appointed to be an apostle, which I always find crazy. I'm like, Peter, you were called to be an apostle before Paul, but you're getting in trouble and having to be rebuked. And we're going to get into that a little bit, but they were colleagues. And if you're reading the Gospels or even reading the letters, you will see that Paul is saying, hey, we are co-laborers in Christ. So Paul and Peter, they were colleagues, much like how we are as staff, right? We may be in different campuses, but we are co-laborers in Christ. And same thing with students. If you guys are sharing the Gospel on campus and you're representing Jesus, we are all co-laborers in Christ Jesus. But Paul also preached, and this is a, the difference, is that though Paul and Peter, they were Jews, Paul was called by God to preach to the Gentiles. So we would pretty much be Gentiles unless anybody in here is a Jew, but someone who is not a Jew will be a Gentile. And Peter also is a Jew, but he was called by God to preach the gospel to the Jews. And as we move further along, while Paul was also a Jew and called by uh, God to preach to the Gentiles, they're having issues Everybody say issues. And how many of you guys know when there's issues, especially with the people of God, God is even present in those issues as well. And this is where things go for a little turn right here. And if you are with me, I'm just going to kind of swift through this real quick. And we're going to get to well, all of this is the meat because word, the word of God is everything is great about it. But as we in chapter two, Paul is pretty much having this conversation um, with and he's in verse three, we see that he's taken Titus, who was a Gentile, and he's taken Barnabas. So he has pretty much if I can get some help up here, Isaac, if you can come up here, my brother. Mm hmm. Corlin, I will bother you, but you uh, you got your Bible, and your notebook in your hand. All right, well, let's come up here, brother. Come up here. Come up here, my brother. Hey, brother, what's your name? Matthew. Look at God. Come on, Matthew. <laughs> Matthias, come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So pretty much what was going on was this. Oh, no, you can stay right here. Stay right, stay right here. My bad. I'm sorry. I got misled you. So pretty much this will be Titus. He's a Gentile. And this will be, you know, uh, Barnabas, who's a Jew. And I've discipled them, brought them into the Lord and say, hey, it's Jesus alone. And they said, man, we're in the kingdom of God, right? And then what happened is that we're going on further to talk about in verse, let me read this up, man, these contacts. Verse five, it says, but they wanted to enslave us. They, meaning people who were trying to force them into the old tradition, they wanted us to enslave and a force to follow the Jewish regulations. But we refused to give in to them a single moment. We wanted to pre preserve, and this is very important, the truth of the gospel message to you. So as we get further in verse 7, it said, instead we saw that God has given responsibility, Paul is speaking, preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, which we talked about, just as Peter had the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God, everybody say same God, for the same God who worked through Peter as an apostle, remember the one who walked with Jesus, right? <laughs> it was the same uh, God who was walking through Paul, who was an apostle to the Gentiles. So, and it's crazy because Paul was talking to Peter, James, and John, who were known as pillars in the churches, verse 9, and he recognized the gift of God has been given to me, but it came across and it said, hey, Peter was in the rest of them saying, hey, continue to preach to the Gentiles, we're going to do our things. Pretty much me and Becky was like, hey, Becky, preach the gospel to people at UIC and I'll preach the gospel to people at Columbia, right? Bam, we go our certain ways, we're going out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is when things get a little bit chaotic, right? I have my two disciples with me that I've discipled, they're in the kingdom of God. And pretty much Peter, 
Matthew for the moment, but pretty much Peter saying, hey, you know, they got to be circumcised and then they'll be followers of Jesus. And that's when we're going to start reading these 10 verses. Brothers, you can sit down. I just wanted to get the blood rushing in your body. Go ahead. Sit. Yeah, yeah, you're good, brother. God bless you in Jesus name. But as we get here, where Paul is saying that you're not staying true to the gospel that was preached to you. You're not even staying true to the Jesus that you walk with. Hello. And I think sometimes as believers that we don't stay true to the gospel that we first heard when we first came. So this is where we're at. It's 10 verses. Thank you, Natalie, so much for bringing this up. And this is what it says. But when Peter came to Antioch, and real quick, Antioch is pretty much the birthplace where many of like the Christianity development started in Antioch. I had to oppose him, Peter, to his face. Everybody said, oh, <laughs> to his face. For what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some of the friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. Everybody say, what you? doing come on what you doing he was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision circus yeah circumcision but at 13 it said as a result other jewish believers followed peter's hypocrisy and even barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy just real quick i'm gonna pause real quick sometimes if we're following a false way the people who are following us is following a false way too yeah the dangers of when Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, is that oftentimes is that if we don't have a right theology, we live by bad theology and we're leading people astray. Yeah. Let's continue to go. 14, when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, man, that's a public rebuke right there. Since you... Peter, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile. Why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follower, follower of the, the Jewish tradition? And then Paul pretty much goes on. He said, you and I were Jews by birth. Remember that. Not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet, this is very important. If you're highlighting in the Bible, after your Bible, this is very, very important. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ. Not by obeying the law, not by circumcision, none of that. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God. Everybody say right with God. Because of our faith. <laughs> lost y'all. Because of our faith in Christ. There we go. Not because we have obeyed the law for no one. Everybody say no one. If y'all haven't noticed, we're going to interact tonight. Amen. God's word is living, so we might as well interact with it. Hallelujah. So this, so for no one will be able to be made right with God by obeying the law. And then he goes on further and say this in verse 17. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ. Then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. With that mean, Christ has led us to sin. Paul said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I try to build up, rebuild the old system of the law that's already torn down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. Everybody say, I died to the law. I, I stopped trying. I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements. So what? So that I may live for God. My old self, <laughs> and many of you guys, if you've been in a discipleship with Chi Alpha, you have probably had recited this verse before. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And even Paul said later, is at the hope of glory. But so I will live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat 
the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law makes me right with God, then this is important. Then that means there were no need for Christ to die. This is a great time to pray. Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you that you are truly preserving your gospel. You're preserving the truth by the work of the Holy Spirit, not just in Paul's life, but also in Peter's life. So, Father, I pray tonight that even something that may be so basic to us, God, would you take us to the very beginning so that we can be alive in in your word? God, even David said, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. So, Father, I pray, God, would you speak to everyone here tonight that we may walk in here alive in Christ and dead to anything that is not of you, Lord. So God, we give you this space. You are our main attraction. You're the one that we share testimonies about. You're the ones that we sing songs about. All of our announcements are centered around you. So King Jesus, would you take your rightful place here in the Rathskeller so that we can make disciples to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I don't know about y'all, but growing up, even probably even now, you've had moments where you've tried to impress somebody, right? Let's go back to high school. That's probably more relevant. You knew that the first day of school, so-and-so was going to be in your class. So you know what you did? Hey, mom, I need them fresh J's, you know? You probably went to the mall the Friday before, and you said, oh, this will make my outfit look nice. Now, how many of y'all, y'all have done this before? I'm going to take some of y'all back. It is like Sunday night, and you are like literally making up your outfit, and you're, right? Come on, you got the shoes out, the socks. If your mom was a walking in your room, she probably would mistaken what you made up as you instead of you actually standing there. But we have all had moments where we try to impress people people. Let's go a little bit deeper. All of us have probably spent money to try to impress somebody. Come to find out at the end that we've wasted money because that person is no longer around. Was that too deep? I'm sorry. But all of that to say is that we have oftentimes taken our resources, our times, and our treasure to not only impress God, but sometimes in the making of trying to impress God, we really show how foolish it is because we make it out to be as like, man, why am I trying to do the things I'm doing when I can just rest in grace? And as we go further on and we see what is happening with the Apostle Peter when it comes to hypocrisy, Peter knew that Jesus came to give us life and life to the fullest, to reconcile us back with the Father. And that's when we get back with Galatians, that this is the new way to live. But we also have to realize this, as I prayed earlier, is that this, that we also have to see that the Lord is working in this situation that is going on right here. I want to take a pause real quick because I think this has been one person, I'm being generous by saying one, we have oftentimes seen in the body of Christ where it's like, man, I don't want to follow Jesus or I, want to, I don't want to be a part of the church because of hypocrisy. But what we see Paul, Paul could have went the other way. He could have said, I'm not going to go to Antioch. I'm going to go somewhere else. But instead, <laughs> instead, he went to confront Peter. And I think when it comes in community, even our small groups, if you're around each other long enough, you're going to run into some roadblocks. Hopefully it's not in the area of theology, but if it is, correct them gently. But what we see with Peter is that it's not just Peter and Paul that are having conversations about this, but when Jesus said to Peter that I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell is not going to prevail, we have to see that the Lord is actively working in this situation. And what Paul is saying in verse 5 when he's saying, hey, I want to preserve the truth of the gospel, When Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will remain forever, we have to see in this situation that the Lord is working. Amen? Amen. So as we go further on, hallelujah. 
<laughs> Come on, brother. And when we go further on, Peter, Paul is pretty much saying to Peter, and some of y'all may have had this with your parents, Peter, you know better. <laughs> you know better. And even if you don't even have from your parents, when they say something, they're probably looking at you like, right? <laughs> and that is probable, but that's not happening facial expression. What Paul is doing, he's correcting him. He's saying, Peter, you know the gospel. But what we see within Peter is that God is working in his life because Peter is having issues of prejudice and racism inside of him. He's like, hey, you know, I'm going to sit with these people, but when my squad come up, I'm getting up. I don't know those people like that. Oh, but remember when I said, he probably even say, remember when I said that? He probably said, hey, you, you know you got to get circumcised, right? And they're probably looking at it and was like, no, we've had this conversation. So as we go further on, we have to realize this, is that the Holy Spirit is the one that's not just working in a situation, but Peter is also being refined as well. God is working on the heart. And I need us to know this, is that sometimes we want us like, God, can you work on other people? But oftentimes God wants to work in us and through us. If you've been around us at Chi Alpha long enough, we say what God does in you, he wants to do through you. And I think that if there's anything that we take home tonight, there's three things that I need us to build in our lives. Not even build, but for some of us, it's reminded. For some of us, it'll be the new time. And for others, this will be building on a foundation. There's three things that we need to find out truth tonight. And the first thing is that this, that we... Our faith in Jesus allow us to enjoy the new life of freedom that he has for us because of this first thing, we have been justified. We have been justified. Now, you may have heard this before, but if you haven't, let this bless you. Look at justified as if, just as if I have never sinned. There is a legal implication that is happening that Jesus steps in, and just real quick, the gospel right here, that when Jesus come back and we stand face to face with him, because we are in Christ and he has redeemed us, you know what God sees? He doesn't just see Justin, he sees the righteousness of God. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21 says it, it's right after the Chi Alpha verse. And it said, for he who knew no sin, became sin so that you and I, all of us, oh my gosh, may become the righteousness of God. And I think that we need to be reminded of this. If you are in Christ, you are the righteousness of Christ. Listen, Titus 3, 5 said this, hey, he saved us, Justin, not because you got baptized, not because you went through Bible classes, not because you're on staff with Chi Alpha. He saved us, not because of things done in righteousness, but because of his mercy. If we read all throughout the Bible, it has always been God's mercy every single time. And I don't know who is here tonight that needs to experience the mercy and grace of God. But even as the word was shared earlier, that we have access. God is not on a business hour schedule where it's like, if you don't come before 7 o'clock, the next time I'm available is Monday at 8 a.m. No, we have forever access because of the king of glory and the hope of glory. He has went before us to make us right with the Father. So the first thing that we have to realize is that we've been justified. Everyone say with me, you've been justified. Oftentimes, when you've been justified, you've been made right with God, things will come up from your past. 
I remember when I was at St. Xavier doing Chi Alpha there, and I came before I came to Columbia, I was meeting up with some students as part of a citywide family. Though we said, this is my campus of serving, that does not mean I can't go to another campus. But I remember walking one of my brothers downtown at Columbia, and he said, man, I'm tired of fighting for the same thing over and over and over again. And it was a legitimate thing. And he said, hey, I know that God wants freedom in my life. I know that I'm the righteousness of God. And I think sometimes that the intellectual things that we know, God wants to transform those things into a heart transformation. It is one thing to know, man, God loves me. But when it hits, when it hits, you're like Isaiah when he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. When Peter said, Lord, get away from me for I'm a sinful man. It draws you to a point of surrender, but it also draws you to a point of saying, Jesus, you're Lord. God justifies us, and it's nothing on our works. It's nothing that we have, could have ever done, and that's the beauty of the gospel. When Paul's saying this, re- preserving the truth of the gospel, he wants you to know that, Peter, you know better. You know you did not come to the Lord because you did anything. Matter of fact, Jesus came to you when you were fishing. And he called you out. College students, right now in this season of your life, what I'm seeing that I know that this is a difficult point, even in the the midst of messiness, and you know that you're being justified, when things are rough, you have to know that God is still calling you. His grace is still calling you. His mercy is still calling you. When you have tasted and seen that God is good, and when you even have in your mind, man, I want to go back to that place. You know what happened? You start fasting. Not because you're trying to earn God's approval, because you're pushing everything out of the way, and you're saying, all I want is King Jesus, the one who met me when I didn't even know him, the one who met me when I didn't even call on him, the one who called me, and the sweet calling of his name really yield me to surrender to him. It's the beauty of the gospel. And that leads us to our second thing. Once we've experienced that we've been justified, and this is going to get a little bit rough, is that we, he leads us to abandon old things. Abandonment. You cannot, and friends, I say this in a loving way, you cannot walk with Jesus and still hold on to old things. Because it gets to a point, you know what happened? Religiosity would get in there. It's like, man, I'm trying to hold everything and walk with Jesus. Last time I checked, when Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, you know what they did? They left everything behind. One of them said they left the hired man and their father in the boat. Isn't that crazy? But one of the things about it is that we have to know, it's just like, man, if I'm going to yield to Jesus as not only my Savior, but my Lord, there's some things in our life that we have to abandon. The grace of God not only changes the way that we think, (laughs) but the grace of God transforms the way we live. The grace of God is not just head knowledge, but the grace of God changes the way we think, and it also changes the way that we act and we live. Paul said this in verse 19. He said this, if there's anything I'm going to abandon, it's the law. It's the thing that I used to work up. Now, you can study this later about the history of Paul. Paul was the most zealot Jew who knew everything. He was pretty much like the Jewish person that went to, like, Harvard. He knew everything. It's like, man, you know when people are like, man, I go to Harvard or Princeton. It's like, dang, bro. It's like, you want to do my homework? It's one of those things that if you know Paul's history, 
that's one of the things. And one of the things that we do in small group, too, is that when you, the reason why we take history sharing as a first week, because when I'm able to know someone's story and they know my story, it enables to open us up what God has done in their life. And it should excite us, man, what God wants to do further in their life. That's why we get in small group. Friends, I just want to say this real quick. If you're trying to walk this life alone, please do, don't do it. God doesn't call us to be in isolation. Now, there's moments where we need to get along with Jesus. That's fine. But if you're saying, man, I don't need community, I love you guys enough, and we as staff love you, do not do that. Like, insanity happens when we isolate our people, and when, I, we, when we isolate ourselves. As we go further on, one of the things is that sometimes we have to abandon some thoughts. Sometimes we have to abandon habits even worries and sin issues. And the fact of the matter is this, everybody has sin in their life, it's just a matter of what it is. The only sinless person that I know and that we know from what the Bible tells me is Jesus. So follow him. So real quick, uh, some of the people, if you guys know, we have a, a CMIT internship. It's our Chi Alpha Nationwide internship. Most of the people who are on staff went through the internship, including myself and Daniel Rachel, who's with us from Milwaukee. They're doing the internship, and I'm sure it's just dandy, right? But one of the things is that from 2019 into 2020 into the pandemic was in the internship. Now, I think I talked to some of you guys about it. Where's Sarah at? Sarah, where you at, sister? Yeah, we talked, right? But the first semester is really when God is going deep in you to expose some things so that he can make a foundation. And I think some of us, we want to say, Lord, just lay it all on. And we have to realize that God has to remove some things. We have to abandon some things so that we can yield and have the fullness of God in our life. So there are some things that I learned during the internship my first semester, and it's TFA. I'm not talking about TSA. TFA. And you know what that stands for? Thoughts, feelings, and action. I realized that some of the things that I was thinking, my thoughts turned into feeling that was not good, and it turned into a bad action. If you ever have experienced that you react to something, it doesn't just out of nowhere, right? Have you ever talked to a friend, and then out of nowhere, they just have an outburst of like, oh, no, 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 no. and you're like, bro, you good? But I love this, and, and I'll just golly gossip on our staff real quick. Cameron is probably one of those people. If there's something going on with me, sorry, bro, this is very impromptu. Cameron is probably one of the most loving people, him and Becky. Becky will literally walk up to you like, how are you? And I'm like, Becky, <laughs> you want to go to Starbucks tonight or tomorrow, right? But one of the things that Cameron would do is that if there's something going on, he would either call me up or even come and have coffee with me. That's community right there because something is going on in the thought process that we are feeling some way and we're reacting. Action is not necessarily the first thing that happens, but the thought and feelings is. And I think, believe, most of the time that we know that we have been justified with God, but Holy Spirit leads us to a place of abandoning some things. We have to abandon and we have to transform the way that we think, not just about ourselves, but sometimes God changes the way we think about him. Let me say that again. Sometime God has us in a season where you say, man, I've been through this every year. I'm going through the same thing over and over. When am I going to get out of it? Sometimes God wants you to know that the way that you're perceiving him and the way that you're following him, whatever mindset, God has you in a season because he wants to shift the way you think, which will ultimately shift the way that you adore him, the way you would devote to him, the way you would carry yourself. One person said in our prayer meeting at Columbia a couple weeks ago, that's probably the highlight he's laughing, is that... Like, God doesn't want us to become like crumbling Christians. 
Like every time somebody is, man, I love the Lord, but you're always down. And there's, God wants to speak to that. That's nothing. You guys may have heard the saying, it's okay to not be okay, but you know what? God wants to change that. <laughs> a couple years ago, actually during COVID, Cameron, I'm sorry, I'm just calling you out a lot. I remember Cameron called me and he said, bro, how you doing? I'm like, I'm having a pity party and I don't want to like invite God to it. You know what Cameron said? He said, invite God to your um, pity party and watch him change it. But one of the, well, if you don't remember, that's probably one of the things that Holy Spirit probably spoke through you and you just don't remember it. But I think that leads us to the three, the third things that once we abandon some things in our life, things of old, God wants us to walk in freedom. Cameron, if you can come up and make me sound spiritual, that would be great. But we know that we have been justified with God. And when we take that from a head knowledge to a heart transformation, Holy Spirit leads us to a place of yielding off things. Past relationships that was not God-centered, I'm going to get rid of that. The way I think about myself, I don't know about you guys, but I can be hard on myself. The internship, just a quick plug, no one's told me to say this. If you're about to graduate or you're a junior or senior, I want to highly recommend you to do the internship. Even if you're saying, man, I know people now who are like killing it in the marketplace downtown. But one of the things is just having that season, Lord, what are you doing in my life? How can I represent you, Jesus, more? And how can I live out this thing that we're talking about, freedom? And God wants freedom in all of our lives. And we're going to talk about this in two weeks from now, or three weeks when we, Galatians 5. But Paul said this later. He said, so Christ has truly set you free. And oftentimes, but I'm sure, no, 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 no. Christ has truly set you free. And he said, now make sure that you stay in freedom and don't get tied up again in the slavery of the law. The thing that really crumbles us as humans is that when we mess up, we try to make things right. Luke gave us an illustration last week where we were around the room and we had our face and our body facing the wall and that was all of us all of us has turned against God in one way or another all of us even if you're like man I'm going to plan out this week not even consult God right but he said now just turn around that's all you have to do to come back to God because of right, what Christ Jesus has done for us, it puts us not only in right standing, but even as we talked about Hebrews 4, is that we have access to grace. Now, grace is not just the thing that saved you at the door when you came in to know Christ, but also grace is the everyday power of God that transformed you. When you are lacking, call upon the name of the Lord. When you say, Lord, this has been a rough day, I almost got ran over yesterday on the way to a small group. And we have to realize this even in a way of thinking, that was the Lord spare me just for an inch. I talked about how in history we've always tried to find ways to make ourselves right with God. And even, maybe it's not ourselves. we try to make situations right apart from God. And I can guarantee that everyone in this room has, this past week, has dealt with something personally or have dealt with something that had nothing to do with you but externally it has affected you. Can I let you know that you're a good shepherd 
the one that we hear about in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, the one who, the shepherd who left his heavenly throne to be Emmanuel to walk with us, he still walks with us with his spirit. Now, I know that may sound Christianese. It's in the Bible. We can talk about that later. But God literally still walks with his people today. And sometimes, you know what we have to do? We have to stop life. Maybe we have to be late to some things. and We just have to sit down and say, Lord, I need you to go before me. Because right now I'm lacking and I know where I'm lacking, you are full of. And we are in the middle of the semester where you're either carrying someone's burdens or you're carrying your own burdens. One of the two is happening. Maybe you're just fine, but I want us to step boldly in this. Real quick, if you've ever been, and we're going to end here real quick because we went over. If you have ever been to go get your oil changed, go to Jiffy Lube like every two months. You sit there and most of the time they say, hey, pop the hood. Because they want to get underneath the hood to not just change your oil, but they do other things. Check your, your fluid levels and everything. And I want us to be bold right now because I really believe God has been doing something. And he's really checking underneath the hood. David said this. He said, Lord, search me. Examine me. Not for God's sake, because God knows everything, but search me. Holy Spirit, would you help me to see what is going on inside of me? Because I need to reset. I'm going to ask three questions here, and I'm going to ask us to be bold with this. And I believe each and every one of us either follow one of the three staff. If this applies to you, (laughs) please, yeah, talk to the Lord. So first thing is that this, maybe you're saying, man, I keep missing the mark. Everything I do isn't right. And when I try to do right, the right thing, I end up doing the opposite. And by the way, Paul, who we just talked about, he said the same thing. He said, I hate the things that I do and I don't do the things that I want to do. And it's just saying this, I can't catch a break. Or you may be saying, I can't catch a breakthrough. If you can be bold right now, if that is you tonight, can you stand? Amen. The second thing is this. Maybe you're saying, man, I'm following Jesus, but I need direction and guidance in my life right now. I feel like I'm missing something. By the way, Noah, who got all the instructions for God, it was a period that Noah did not hear from God. And it wasn't because Noah did anything wrong, but he just needed direction and guidance. It's like, man, I feel like I'm stuck in the same pattern. If you've ever driven in winter or you're in a parking spot in Chicago and you're trying to get out, you are spinning your tires, but you're going nowhere. If you feel like you're in that place right now and that is you right now, can you be bold enough to stand? If you feel like, man, I feel like I'm stuck right now and I just need direction from God and guidance. And this last thing, maybe you just have the attitude, I'm chilling, but really inside you're kind of freaking out. It's just like, man, I'm chilling, but I don't know what God is doing, but I'm tired of worrying, so I'm just going to chill here. My life right now is in cruise control. Everything in life is okay for the most part, and I'm just slowly trying to figure things out. I had a friend a couple years ago. I called and asked him, how you doing? He said, God is moving slowly, and he was in cruise control. If you can be bold, if the third thing apply to you, can you stand? I want to give us another opportunity. If the first two things apply to anyone, don't worry about the people around you because they're doing business with God too. But I want us to have this moment of yielding because I believe that in this moment, God wants us to refocus on those three things. 
He wants us to be refocused on that. Hey, we've been justified. And if you've been right with God, <laughs> Paul said this in Romans 8, if he not only spared his son, how much more is he going to do for you? For someone like Jesus to die, that is a measurement of love for someone. I don't know about you guys, but I love y'all, but laying down my life, I'm at the pray on, quote unquote. But I believe that God is redirecting people to him tonight. And maybe you need to, one of these things that apply, whether it's one of the three lists or maybe some other things. And maybe you're just here, you just say, hey, I just need God. If you can stand, I want to ask you to just be bold about it. Amen. If this is a moment that we stop striving, is right now. If this is a moment what the psalmist said, cease to know that I am God, it's right now. If this is a moment that we need Holy Spirit to be the one that lead us, guide us, fulfill us in every single way, this is a moment right now. Because either you or someone next to you or even people that you know are carrying something. And listen, God is not calling anyone to carry their burdens. He's calling them to bring the burdens to the one who took care of the greatest burden. And that's what put us in right standing with Jesus. So I don't know if camera, if we have a last song to sing, but I want to pray and I just want us to yield to the Lord and let it be your yielding for this entire weekend. I always say this, let the moment turn into momentum. So can we just spend the next few moments and just do business with God? I'm going to pray. You pray in your own way. And I believe God is meeting you and he's going to fulfill you, not just tonight, but tomorrow when you wake up, when you lay your head down, even Monday morning. So Jesus, I thank you that you are not just good yesterday. You are good today and forever. And Father, your word even said, Paul said, hey, we're preserving the truth of the gospel. Father, 10 years ago, Lord, you saved me in my dorm room, not because I did anything, but because I had an encounter with the holiness of God, the one who came to set the captives free and still setting people free. Father, you gave us this gospel so that we can have a new way to live. And I would say not just a new way, the new way to live. Father, you are the way that the truth in the life and you're not just for eternity you want us to experience you here and oh glorious day it will be when you come back for your people but God I pray that when you come back when you see your people head high and our eyes gaze on you King Jesus because nothing else matters so God even as the song so will I so will I yield to you so will I worship you so will I trust you so will I let you be shepherd of my life and so will I just be a child and let you be God Abba would you come and sit on the throne of my heart and my mind tonight Lord and may you be glorified how in this season whatever moment or whatever situation people are going through you receive the glory and you alone in Jesus name we pray Amen Thanks for listening to this week's message from our thermostat series, Galatians, A New Way to Live. We pray that you are encouraged as we'll continue to learn how our faith in Jesus allows us to enjoy a new life of freedom and obedience by the power of the Holy Spirit. Tune into next week's episode as we look into chapter 2. 